शिला गुरुदेव की जय श्रीमान महाप्रभु की जय श्री हरिनाम संकीर्तन की जय ग्रंथराज श्रीमद् भागवतन की जय श्री ब्राह्मण गीत की जय घोर भक्तवृंद की जय घोर प्रमान हरिओ सो प्रणाम गुड मॉर्निंग फ्रॉम नॉर्थ कैरोलिना and we are continuing with our series of lectures about the brahmar gita today we are in our third meeting third introductory class we will be having five introductory classes before officially starting with the brahmar gita given a little bit of context to the whole section so today we will be studying verses 1 to 7 from chapter 46 but as usual we'll make some brief recap of chapter 45 the one we studied in our previous lecture which is was called krishna rescues his teacher's son so we were sharing in our previous lecture how at that point after krishna killed kamsa how krishna balaram freed uh, vasudeva and devaki from prison and they covered them with jogamaya so to facilitate promote batsalya since Vasudeva and Devaki were literally distanced from them with awareness of Bhagavan's of Krishna's being Bhagavan basically so this yoga maya allows for batsalya interaction and Krishna and Balaram express their gratitude towards them and eventually Ugrasen is installed as the king in Mathura who is Ugrasen's comes as father other relatives from Mathura came back to Mathura who fled away because of fear from Kamsa. And at this point also we mentioned how Krishna wants to return to Braj. All everyone in Braj at this point are fasting and on the verge of death in separation from him. But the Mathura Basis, the resident of Mathura ask Krishna to protect them from Jarasandha and other possible imminent dangers there. So he agrees to do so. basically thinking about braj again as a first consideration if i go to braj jarasandha may go there and so on so at this point krishna say tells nanda please go back hmm, with the gopas hmm, and we will go later basically after satisfying our relatives here in mathura and so on so we spoke how the pathetic the, the return of nanda to braj how sad he was covering his face with little cloth nobody in braj blaming him because they knew he suffering so much but also we mentioned how bishwanath chakravarti takura as we will see other of our purvacharyas mentioned this idea that actually there is a permanent simultaneous manifestations of different prakashas or manifestations basically in vrindavan in separation and in union so in one manifestation nanda remains in separation from krishna and all of braj remain in that mode but in another prakash Oh, Krishna is there, and everyone is in union with him. Basically, we will see how Uddhava has this type of darshan when he arrives to Braj. First, he sees Braj in union, full of joy, with like if Krishna is there, and eventually he sees the separation portal, if you will, of Braj. These two prakashas simultaneously operating. So, in that context of sending Nanda back to Braj, Krishna writes some letters from the Brajabasis. He writes, he writes a letter for Jasoda, for the Gopis. He gives his remnants to to his friends, remnants of his clothes. 
and he reveals in those letters to the Brajabhasis how he's daily visiting them and appearing there, even in this separation window, if you will, as a sporty, as, as constant revelations they are having with him. So, eventually, Brajabhasis read these letters that are sent to him by Krishna, and they accept destiny, if you will, and surviving somehow or other in separation from him in that particular window. Um, we describe in detail the madness of Sri Radha in that separation as a brief trailer of what we will see in the Brahma Gita. And eventually Basudev from Mathura asks Rohini to go to Mathura. So she goes there from Braj with the permission and blessings of Jashoda because Rohini's concern was how can I leave Jashoda here in Braj? But Jashoda sent her. We are one soul in two bodies. You go there and I will be going there through you. Something like this. So eventually it is described how Vasudeva and Devaki want Krishna and Balaram to become Kshatriyas, members of their dynasty in every single sense of the term, and retain them somehow there, attached as they were to him in love, the particular love. So they make Krishna and Balaram go through the Upa, Nayana, Samskar, which is, has to do with receiving basically Gayatri, if you will. And Krishna accepts that, sends a message to Nanda Maharaj saying, I am accepting this show here in Mathura, of Upanayana Samskar, but actually my Abhiman, my self-esteem still is that of the Gopa, the cowherd boy. So please, for this ceremony to be complete and successful, make my friends, who are non-different from me, go through that similar ceremony, because Baisas can accept the Brahmin thread and so on, sacred thread. So, then it is described on Krishna Balaram, accept the, Brahma, the vows of celibacy, Brahmacharya enter into the student life, and go to Gurukul with Sandipani Muni and learning them 64 arts, Vedas, Vedanga, 64 arts in 64 days, and so on. And again, we share a glimpse mostly from Jiva Goswami's Gopal Shampoo how in Gurukul Krishna and Balaram are remembering constantly the Braj, how he, Krishna, felt especially kind to one, towards one friend, the Gurukul called Sridam, mostly because he reminded him of Sridam in Braj. Similarly, this idea applies with Arjuna or with um, Sudham, different people who have their entities with those names in Braj, but they are devotees with those names outside of Braj, that are dear to Krishna and the commentators especially because they remind him of he, of those persons with those names in the Braj. So, every single night Krishna remembers Vrindavan shares, reveals his mind to Balaram. They end up crying and sleeping. Every time I think about Mathura, my mind goes to Braj. And when he's sleeping, he even dreams about the Braj. No? As a Brahmachari, he dreams about performing Rasalila with the gopis. So he wakes up saying, I broke my Brahmachari bow. But actually he realized, no, there's no breaking of the Brahmacharya since ultimately Brahmachari has to do with Bhakti, with the proper Achar to attain Brahman, to attain the Absolute Bhagavan. So, it was bhakti, the, the inter interaction between Krishna and the gopis. So, no brahmachari bow, broken but strengthened. And finally, last ch chapter 45 has to do with Krishna leaving, ending, reaching the end of, of their education and telling Sandipani Muni, which Guru Dakshina do you want in, in exchange of what you give to, gave to us? So he asks, retrieve my son who was killed by a demon in the ocean. So Krishna and Balan go to the ocean, kind of find the child there, a demon kill him, and eventually they find the child. It's not with the demon that has been killed by Krishna, but it's with Jamaraj, who retrieves the son. They bring back the son. They ask Sandipani Muni, what else do you want from us? And he says, 
what else can I ask from which disciples such as you? That's everything a guru can can expect, can desire. So my blessings, I go back home. So Sandipani Muni sends Krishna Balaram back to Mathura after their Gurukul stage. So that's a brief summary recap of what we studied in our previous meeting. So today, meeting number three, we are we will be studying starting next chapter, chapter 46, Brahma Gita is in chapter 47, so gradually we are getting closer and closer to that. So today we will be studying the very first seven verses of this chapter 46, which has to do with Krishna sending Uddhav to Braj and, 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 and informing him about the message that he is to convey in the Braj in his name. So that's a very nice, important section. This chapter 46 is known as Uddhav visits Vrindavan. So let's begin with that. So Uddhav visits Braj, Vishwanath Chakrabarti Thakur comments, uh, he makes a connection between the name of Uddhav and the whole section. Because Uddhav means also Utsav. Utsav means celebration of festival. So here Uddhav will visit Braj and we'll see that stage that caused so much joy for Krishna and Balaram, the source of their most deepest happiness, which is the Braj, so Uddhav. He will see that which caused the Uddhav, the Utsav, the festival in Krishna and Balaram's heart, the Braj. But also he will see the Anudavam, which means the non-festival, <laughs> or the unhappiness felt by the Braj in separation from them. So this section of the Bhagavatam, when Uddhav is sent to Vrindavan, to share message is also called sometimes Udab Sandesh. Sandesh means message. So inside this Udab Sandesh we will find the Brahma Gita and then we will find some other sections sometimes called Udab Gita, which are some verses that Udab recites before leaving Braj when going back to Mathura, praising the gopis, which is different Udab Gita than the one found in the 11th canto of the Bhagavatam, which are many chapters called Udab Gita. So this is called also Udab Sandesh. Or as we will see, we, we may call it Udab's PhD, where <laughs> what Udab ends up receiving the remaining of her, his education, or Udab short-circuiting <laughs> by witnessing the degree of Prem in Braj. But officially it's Udab Sandesh. So, Shiva Goswami in the Gopal Shampoo, in between the, before starting with the official Bhagavad verses, in between the lines, the, this Gopal Shampoo is saying that after returning from the Gurukul to Mathura, Krishna Balaram meet Rohini. Remember, Rohini is the only one in Mathura along with Krishna Balaram who has been in Vrindavan, who has witnessed uh, the Brajabhav, who has Brajabhav basically, by being, having been part of that. So Krishna Balaram and Rohini are the three ones in Mathura who can share in intimacy in, those, in these terms on some level or another. So returning from the Gurukula, Krishna Balaram ask hmm, their mother, Rohini, their second mother, hmm, whatever, however you like to call it, in separation from Braj. Did anyone from Braj came to Mathura? Because we are planning to go, hmm, without Mathura knowing about that. But after thinking about that and speaking about that between themselves, they conclude it shouldn't be the most, uh, the best thing to do now. Hmm? So, best thing in this particular moment, due to the reasons we already shared before, is to send a messenger. Hmm? from Mathura to Brajan, which is that messenger? Uddhava. So who is Uddhava? Let's share some words, some ideas about Uddhava's glories. Sriman Uddhava Mahasaya Ki Jai. 
So before going to what the very first verse of this chapter says about Uddhav, let's quote a very famous verse from the 11th canto of the Bhagavatam, chapter 14, verse 15. Section called, as we mentioned, Uddhav Gita. Krishna himself is telling to Uddhav, Nathatame priyatama atmajonirna sankara nachasankarsanona shri naivatma chayathavavam. Basically, Bhagavan, he's saying, My dear Uddhav, neither Lord Brahma, Lord Shiva, Lord Sankarshan, Sri Lakshmi, nor indeed my own self, are as dear to me as you are. So, this is to begin with, to have an idea, who is Uddhav? <laughs> Krishna is presenting a sequence of high, higher and higher situations, and how Uddhav is above those. You are dear to me than Brahma. Okay, then Shiva. Okay, then Sankarshan. My own expansion, okay? The Lakshmi, oh, and to be honest, than myself. So, who is Uda? Of course, the great devotee of Sri Krishna, as we will see. Also, he has a connection, family connection. Hari Bamsa Purana mentioned that Uda is the son of Vasudev's brother, Deva Bhaga. So, in other words, Krishna and Uda are cousin brothers between themselves. So, they share some blood ties, if you will, but also much more than that, as we will see. So, the very first verse of this 46th uh, chapter of the 10th canto starts introducing Uddhav into the stage. Mm-hmm. So, the verse uh, extols his glories by mentioning mainly six qualities from Uddhav, which is Vrishninam Prabharo Mantri Krishnasya Daita Saka Sisyo Brihaspati Sakshat Uddhavo Buddhisatama so here it is mentioned that Uda was the best of the Vrishnis, Vrishninam Prabharo. He was Sri Krishna's personal counselor, Mantri. Krishna, uh, Uda was Krishna's dear friend, Sakha. He was the object of Krishna's grace, Daita. He was the direct disciple of Brihaspati, Sisyo Brihaspati Sakshat. And he was the most intelligent of men, Bodhisattva. So try to conceive again. We are continuing informing ourselves who is Uda, and as we will see, the idea of, it, of this is what's the prem of Raj that Uda will con- end up glorifying desperately. Mm. So, the first mentioning here is Uda is Brishninam Prabhuro, the best of the Brishnis. The Brishnis are considered the best of all the branches from the Yadus, from this dynasty. So, Uda was born in such a dynasty, and he's considered here Prabhara. Prabhara means the best, amongst the best, basically, will be the best of the best, Udav. Mm-hmm. Then, Mantri. Above this, Mantri, mm-hmm. which means he is the personal counselor, sometimes minister, it is called of Krishna. In the Bhagavatam, this is mentioned, Krishna sometimes asking, taking advice from Udav. Mm-hmm. I have to go, Judhisthira is inviting me to the Raja Surya Yaknya, I have these kings that are imprisoned by Jarasandha, where to go first, what to do, and Udav recognizing Krishna's Bhagavan, but at the same time you are asking me advice from me, serving him in that capacity, and giving a good advice, and Krishna, oh, thank you so much, for the, mm. <laughs> that was the best thing possible. So, he's a personal counselor of Bhagavan. You have to be really capable for engaging in that task. Mm. Then Sakha, mm. three. Uddhav is Krishna's dear friend. Mm. Vishwanath Chakrabarti Thakur mentioned that by Saka here, it implies that Uddhav is fluent on some level in discussing conjugal love. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, he will be a, a fit candidate for sending this message. 
Then Daita, he is the object of Krishna's mercy, basically, of Krishna's grace. So Krishna loves Uddhav a lot. Basically, Krishna is Uddhav is Krishna's best friend in Mathura, we could say, without considering Balaram in this case. But also at the same time, Uddhav has Aishwarya Bhakti on some level for for Krishna. He has Dasya, but his Dasya is tinged with some Sakya. So he has. But he doesn't consider himself, this is the point, Krishna's friend or Krishna's cousin, but Krishna's servant. His dasi is prominent. To say that when he was a child, he, he, could, he used to make an image of Krishna, like a playing doll, and Uda refused to offer, I mean used, sorry, to offer items to it, refused to take prasad, basically, before the deity will eat. His mother was calling him for breakfast. He said, I haven't finished my offering, my worship yet. As a, as a kid, as a child, as a little boy, when all the other boys were doing some other things. So, again, another important point there. And then, Sishya Brihaspati Sakshat. He has been instructed directly by Brihaspati, who is the guru of the Devas, as we know. So, there is someone very wise, very learned, Shastrabit. And this has to do also with the sixth quality, Bodhisattva Maha. He's Shastrabit. He knows all the scriptures from tip to toe, almost all as we will see. <laughs> so these six qualities, sometimes the comparison is made, Bhagavan has six qualities, hmm? full renunciation, sadhaishvarya purnam, full fame, strength, beauty, and so on, rich, uh, wealth. So just as Bhagavan is always served by these six opulences, similarly, in this case, Sri Yudab Mahasai is decorated by six, these six extraordinary qualities while engaging in Seva of Krishna, that are mentioned in this first verse. Hmm? So again, as I mentioned before, interestingly, while glorifying Uddhava in this very first verse of the chapter, this glorification of Sukadev Goswami is considered Atidesh. Atidesh means subordinate, not primary. While there is central glorification and praise that Sukadev is performing here indirectly, actually, is direct to the gopis. Even ultimately, to the Brajabhasis in general, to the gopis in particular, as we will see as the Lila unfolds. So that's called Upadesh, as you know, something closer. What's the idea of Sukadev here? He's glorifying directly Udav, but indirectly he's implying if the greatest scholar, like Udav is described here, the greatest scholar of the whole world, Krishna's own minister, will glorify the love of the Brajabhasis and the gopis in particular. So what's the love of them? Still, he's not saying that directly, but the implication is there and will play itself out as the narration goes on. So sometimes the example is given. If you kill a bird or a cat, you won't become very famous for doing that. But if someone kills a lion, oh, that person will be quite well known. So the idea will be here, I mean, if someone glorifies you, I mean, you're, that, that may happen, but if someone like Udav, is glorifying you. Oh, you will become famous because he is such a person. He won't glorify anyone and everyone. So that's the idea that, U- that Sukadev is presenting at the very onset of this section, this chapter. Also in the third canto of the Bhagavatam, Krishna is saying, Udav is not even slightly different from me. So here we find another added feature to the glory of Udav. He resembles Krishna so much. Physically, even. Mm. Due to absorption of him from his very childhood, they say that he became imbibed with the 
with the luster and different physical qualities from Krishna. So, and he was using Krishna's clothes as prasadi, as remnants. So he was very, very close to Krishna. So he was a perfect person. That's the idea here. But at the same time, as we mentioned also, the suggestion here is that Uddhav is Shastrabit, he's very capable, but at the same time, there is something to accomplish for him in Braj. He lacks some knowledge. He knows all Shastra, but there is one particular Shastra that is inaccessible to, to even Brihaspati, who was the one who instructed Uddhav, which is the knowledge on the science of divine love, of Prem, which controls Krishna himself. Remember, Uddhav's modis dasya mix with Sakya, but it's not the Dasya mixed with Sakya in Vrindavan, actually. It's another type of mood. But Uddha, at the same time, is so dear to Krishna. So Krishna is thinking, certainly the Braja Gopis will instruct Uddha in this Shastra that he's lacking. So, because he's so dear to me. So they will give him grace, his, their grace to him. So Krishna concludes in this way, no, that Uddhava's education won't be complete unless he goes to Braja. Basically, Brihaspati, yeah, he talked him about Shastra, Upanishads, Brahma, Gyan, but not the, the ultimate depths of Bhakti. And Braja is that university, that school, the school of love, if you will. And Prema is the teacher there. Sometimes this analogy, many analogies are living, but Braja is the school of love. Prem will be the teacher there. Radha and Krishna will be its main students, if you will. One of many analogies. And Bihar, or the Leelas, are, it's the vidya in that school. It's the knowledge that is being imparted. So unless someone like Udav goes to such an educational center, such an Oxford, Cambridge, whatever, topmost university to receive his PhD, uh, <laughs> his education remains incomplete. So he's Shastrabit, but the Prem Shastra is unknown to him yet. So because of that, he has to go to Brachas, as we will see, even though... This is Udab Sandesh, the message carried by Udab to the Brajavasis. Eventually, it will be a message to Udab from the Brajavasis. He will realize himself that there was something for me to learn here. So, Krishna also in that connection, we see here how Krishna had multifaceted considerations when selecting who will be the messenger. It's not just because of this you go, because of this, this, and this, and this, and this. So here Krishna is thinking, okay, also the ideal messenger for this mission should have some Aishwarya, but also should have some knowledge of the Madhurya, the intimacy of Krishna's life, on some level at least. So when that person goes to Braj, doesn't become overwhelmed, confused about what's going on there. Some Aishwarya to really under, not misunderstand the Madhurya of Braj, but also some Madhurya to not misunderstand the Madhurya of Braj, if you will which is overt, is full of Madhurya, but it has also Ishvarya at, at its foundation. So Uddhav, because of all this, is the perfect person for this. So, And also we could say that Krishna sent Uddhav and not Balaram, for example, someone may say that, but because we could say at this point, Krishna cannot say everything openly to the gopis through Balaram. Balaram is Doji, the, the elder brother of Hari, so the gopis also, as we will see, they will tear apart their chest and open their hearts and speak in a very non-shy way in front of Uddhav, which won't happen in front of Krishna's elder brother. Although we know Balaram went after that to Vrindavan and pacified the Brajavas on some level, of course. But 
it's a different mood, as, as we know. The way the gopis, in particular, will express in front of Krishna's elder brother. So here, the message of Uddhava, as we all see today, is pointed to the Brajavasis in general, more specifically to Krishna's parents, and even more, more specifically to the gopis and Srimati Radha Thakurani at the end. So, after some introduction to Uddhava on the position of the messenger and why Krishna consider he is the one for such a mission, let's go a little bit into the narrative, how Krishna presents the message to Uddhava. So it is said that one day Uddhava was there in Mathura looking for Krishna, and he found Krishna in the roof of the palace where he was staying, standing there alone, watching in the direction of the branch. So Uddhava got close to him from the back, Krishna was looking in one direction and Uddhava was walking to him and took Krishna's hands as a friend. And he felt, and when Krishna felt Uddhava's hands, Krishna started to tremble. And, to, and when seeing his face, Uddhava realized how Krishna is crying profusely. His old clothes are really wet because of tears and tears. And Krishna was looking from, to the direction of Raj. You can imagine which was his inner condition. So... We have to remember at this point, he was fully empathic with what was going on in Braj at that same time, in the, in the separation window, as we mentioned. In Braj, all the Brajavasis were locking themselves to cry in, in their rooms and to visualize in trance what Krishna was doing at distance. And similar, Krishna was doing the same in relation to them. It's reciprocal, as we always mention. And as we will see, the main reason for the Brajavasis to be sad was basically that nobody in Mathura is serving Krishna as he is being served in Braj. Krishna is not receiving the same degree of loving Seva that he finds in Braj. So that's a torture for the Brajavasis. Not so much because of their own interest. They have not nothing at all in that direction. <laughs> it's only thinking about Krishna being properly served, pleased, loved. Hmm? So we, we know the difference. For example, in, in Mathura, Krishna's mothers may offer food to Krishna and, 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 and he may deny, okay, it's okay, it's enough. But if he's in Braj, Jasoda knows how to convince Krishna to eat more and more and more. You know, she will say, you are, you are too thin, Baladev is stronger than you, you don't want to defeat him in wrestling, you have to eat more for this. And Krishna will agree and will ask for makan, roti, chapati, butter. So this won't happen in Mathura, that's the point. And Krishna is indirect in his dealings. And the gopis know his mind, know his heart. And they cannot basically sleep, they cannot take rest, knowing how he's not receiving all those bhavas. So they cannot tolerate this, but Krishna cannot also cannot tolerate either how they're suffering or crying for him. So each one is lamenting for the other. But this is a worthy lamentation. This is not something that is not worthy lamenting of. <laughs> but again, the Mathura Basis cannot really conceive the dimension of what's going on here. So in this way, Udab gets closer to Krishna and he sees Krishna, who is Ananda Swarup himself, the very personification of bliss, crying bitterly, feeling himself lonely. So Uda was confused. The short circuit starts gradually here. <laughs> and Krishna knows, I cannot fully share my heart and tell Uda how I'm feeling because he doesn't know about that. He doesn't know about Brajabab, Vrindavan, so he won't be able to empathize with me. So I don't have whom, to whom, with whom speak about these things in full detail. Hmm? 
So again, if you have heavy pressure in your heart and you don't express that, you get depressed. Or if it's not going out, eventually it becomes like a pressure in your mind, your heart to the point that people cannot deal with that any longer and die of pain, basically. So Krishna was here in Biraha and Bipralamba, separation, and thought, Uddhav is my closest person here, the most intelligent. So if I'm sending Uddhav to Braj, that's one of the main reasons. Of course, he's sending Uddhav to Braj to give some relief and support the Brajavasis, but also he's thinking, if Uddhav goes to Braj, if he's initiated into that reality of Prem, when he's back from Braj, I will be able to fully reveal my mind to him. He will be able to fully grasp to what's going on. I will be able to empty the content of my heart to him because he had had some, some scars that will allow him to understand what's going on in my heart. So that's another reason. So in this section, it will be very nice because we will see not so much also, but not only how the gopis or Brajavas are suffering separation from Krishna, but also how Krishna is suffering separation from them. Which sometimes is not something that we balance enough with the other part, if you will. So we have to have two sides of the coin here, the equation. So Uda was with Krishna, both hands were trembling. So Krishna took Uda's tear-soaked hand in his tear-soaked hand. <laughs> and that Krishna takes his hand also has some deep significance, many deep significance. One is, we are, two, we are two bodies, but we are one. You are so close to me, you are my friend. So I will share with you a secret. And also it means when you take the, strongly the hand of someone, dearest, you have to do this for me. You cannot tell me that you won't. You cannot say, tell me a no as an answer. <laughs> Desper desperately, basically, Krishna, help me. Hmm? So interestingly, in this section, when Krishna is directing to Uda, the Bhagavad will refer to Krishna as Prapanarti Haru Hari. So Prapanarti Haru Hari. Hari is Krishna. Haru means who takes... Prapana Arti. Arti means affliction and Prapana means those who are surrendered to him. So he who takes away the suffering of those surrendered to him. So the idea with this address is when Krishna is about to tell the message to that he's about to uh, re um, relieve the pain from the gopis. So take away the pain in those surrendered to him, but also eliminate the Gyan in Uddhav, if you will, which is some sort of obstacle. In, in his surrender devotee in Uda by sending him to Braj and initiating him into higher reality. Mm -hmm. So after taking Uda's hand, Krishna will tell him, basically, I think that my father and others, and this is what he tells according to Sri Jiva, I think that my father and others born in Gukul, who are the abodes of Prem, are the original forms, and the people of Mathura are their reflections. And that's Krishna's subjective experience in Mathura. Whatever I'm feeling here is just a shadow, a reflection, and the original version is in Braj. My experience, Anubhav, is the proof of this, he's saying. When I experience the people of Raj, I do not think of the Mathura residents. But when I experience the people of Mathura, I remember the residents of Raj. This is what Krishna was telling Balaram in the Guru Gul, as we mentioned. Whenever someone tells son, mother, father in Mathura, I, oh, my mind goes running to Raj. I cannot think of anyone apart from Nanda and Jashoda and so on. So, so this, although this is so for practical considerations, Krishna is saying to the, I cannot go now to Braj. So you must go as my representative. Hmm? Go in there hmm? and, and considering what I have, what I will tell you now in confidence, you should give some happiness 
to the people there and return to give happiness to me. Again, as we mentioned, you should relieve them and after that experience, come and give relief to me. They need to be saved. Krishna says, I need to be saved as much as they need to be saved. So it's important to bear in mind these two sides. So now comes four verses, quite well-known verses from the Bhagavad, where Krishna officially uh, asks Uddhav to send the message. So he will ask to send the message in one to his parents, to the gopis, and then he will start to describe the love of the gopis, and more and more particular after each verse. So we will go through after all of this. It will be the main section of today's class. So the first of these four verses, there Krishna is saying to Uddhav, He's saying, Oh dear gentle Uddhav, go to Braj and give pleasure to our parents and also relieve the gopis suffering in separation from me by giving them my message. So first line, his general idea, go to Braj, and give pleasure to our parents. Pitrorna pritim abaha. Our parents. It's, they are not Udab's parents, but it's a way of saying we are one. It's our parents. And then the second line goes exclusively to the gopis and the remaining verses, as we will see, implying they are suffering the most. So Sanatan Goswami, in his commentary to this verse, he said that Krishna is calling here Udab as Udab, Gachodava, Brajodhusomya. So Udab means, as we mentioned, festival. So by using this name, Krishna implies, just by my meeting you, Udava, the Brajavasi should feel a festival, should feel so much encouraged, you should be such a nice messenger. My, the idea of my message is to sprinkle on the Brajavasi the nectar of my company. So please, do that service to me. And you are Gachodava, Brajan Somya. You are Somya, you are gentle. Somya means gentle. And has to do with Soma. Soma means the moon also, it's connected. Like the moon who gives relief to everyone in darkness. No? Gives light, gives relief, gives some taste. So the Brajabhasis are thrown into a darkness of separation. So like the moon, you are so gentle. Go and give relief. And you are so gentle that you cannot deny. You have to say yes. <laughs> <clears throat> Sanatan Goswami also mentioned that whatever we say generally, usually about the person, when the person is absent, usually indicates our true feelings, more reliably than what would we say in the presence of the person. So here, what Krishna is sharing, and we will share, we'll be sharing as we will see about his love for the Brajavasis and the Gopis in particular, confirms that Krishna does indeed feel as indebted to them as what he says to them in their presence while speaking to them. So first again, he sends him to relieve his parents and then the gopis. So in relation to relief Nandan Jashoda, Krishna is saying to Udav, you can do it. You can go speak to them and relieve them. But in order to relieve the gopis, <clears throat> that's on another level, if you will. They need, you yourself won't be enough if you speak to them. I need to send to them one message, written by myself with my own handwriting, so they can see that. So as we will see, Uddhav is on certain degree given relief to the Nandan Jasoda, but with the Gopis that will be another thing, another experience. So that's the first of the four verses where Krishna introduces his request to Uddhava. Go to Braj, give a message to my parents and to the Gopis who are especially suffering in separation. So now the three remaining verses 
well de depict in further and further detail the condition of the gopis. So the second verse says, Tanman manaska mat prana madarte tyakta daihika yityakta loka dharmascha madarte tambibarmyaham. He, here Krishna describes hmm, the level of absorption of the gopis in love for him. The minds of those gopis, Krishna is saying to them, always are, are always absorbed in me. They're very lies. Tanman manaska mat prana. They're very prana. Always devoted to me. Every single cell in, the, in their existence. And for my sake, they have abandoned everything related to their bodies, including ordinary happiness in this life, and their dharma, religious duties, that are required for happiness in the next life. Therefore, I take it upon myself to sustain those gopis in all circumstances. So this is like a version of the Bhagavad Gita verse, when Krishna said, Jogakshamam Mahamyaham, I give to my devotees what they lack, I preserve what they have. So here is saying the same, but more specifically in connection to the gopis. So in this verse, after saying why the gopis are suffering, in this verse, Krishna is telling Uda why the gopis need to be so carefully consoled. Because they are engaged in their duties in an automatic way. Their pran has been surrendered to me. They are somewhere else. They are in a very sensitive situation. The gopis have sacrificed everything for Krishna, as we know. Not only the present reputation in this life, because according to social norms, if a lady is married with someone else and is having parakia with Krishna or whoever, that's, that won't be auspicious in this life and that will ruin the future birth. So the gopis are throwing all this out of the window, taking full risks, just running after the sound of the flute, basically. Of course, someone may ask, if the gopis have surrendered everything for Krishna, why they are not going to Mathura to be with him? And of, of course, they don't do that because Krishna himself promised, I will return to Braj. So they are just staying in their life on that promise. And as well as the concern for... That keeps them from abandoning all their daily responsibilities, physically speaking, at home with their husbands, children, so-called family. And they keep daily dressing nicely, ornamenting themselves, thinking Krishna will come today. Krishna will come today, next day, Krishna will come today. So here they describe, again, how the gopis have put aside all hopes for success in this life and the next, taking all risk and without any warranty that they will obtain Krishna permanently. You can try to put all those things in the scale <laughs> and then you have the result of the glories of their love. They take full risk in this life and in the next, even without full confirmation that they will be able to have Krishna. They are not calculating anything. They are just running after that. That's Raghavakti. <laughs> and in, in specifically in the context of a lady, and in the context of a lady in, in Vedic times, in Barna Ashram sensibilities, they made that thing that for a woman will be the supreme sacrifice, abandoning, for Krishna's sake, abandoning all social connections and their feminine virtues like shyness, chastity, quote-unquote, that supreme chastity, supreme dharma, supreme paradharma, but overtly they have done the greatest sacrifice and on top of that self-forgetfulness and divine love. So Krishna is assuring, interestingly here, gopis have left everything, taking all risks, so what will happen with them? What will be their reaction to that? Krishna is assuring here, Udav, even though the gopis have abandoned everything for my sake, abandoned loka and dharma, which means worldly considerations, religious duties, 
I'm protecting them, I'm sustaining them in the distance, I'm watching over them. I continue to provide to them, Sanatana Goswami explains, the same worldly and super-worldly <laughs> benefits that they have rejected, I invisibly provide that. So when Uddhav reaches Vrindavan, as we will see, he will find the gopis at home with their husbands and children, and of sane mind, if you will, somehow or other. And what's more, the point is here is, Krishna personally continues to provide, even for their husbands and children, those, those everything to husband and children that the gopi have mentally abandoned, even. So, whatever is connected to the gopis, Krishna is sustaining, providing them, maintaining them in the distance. So again, this is the second verse where Krishna is further depicting who are the gopis. Krishna's Uddhav is being rattled, introduced to this new realm. <laughs> then the next verse says, so, Krishna says, Oh, my dear Uddhav, for those women of Gukul, I am the most cherished object of love. But when they, when they remember me, who I am so far away, Durasti, Gukulastriya, these ladies of Gukul, Smaran Tyanga, Smaran, remember me, they are overwhelmed by the anxiety of separation. So Krishna here is, is, continues to depict the condition of the Braja Devis, Braja Gopikas. He's speaking with deep concern for the Gopis. So to help Uddhav realize what's their love. He says to Uddhav here, never I have seen, Krishna say, never I have seen anyone in such a distress as the Gopis are now experiencing. Nobody has ever heard, basically, of such misery in any historical, literary account, that's, I mean, so we prepare for that, basically, he's saying to them. They, the gopis became so confused, so distant from reality, although they are in the topmost reality, that it becomes even difficult to verify if they are still alive. That's, you will find all the things. Krishna is giving in theory the information of what Uda will really experience face to face. So here Krishna is calling Uddhav Anga, Smarantyanga. Anga means like limb of the body. So also means dear friend, you are like, you are like a limb of my body, you are like myself. To remind Uddhav, I am depending fully on your skills as a messenger, as a counselor, to please go there and save the lives of the gopis by delivering my message. Again, they are on the verge of death, please help me in this important mission. And the last of these four births further qualify this idea. So simply, Krishna says to them, simply because I have promised to return to them, my fully devoted coward girlfriends struggle to somehow or other maintain their lives. So they are struggling. For them to re remain alive is a struggle in separation from me. You can imagine this. They love me so much that in my separation it, it becomes difficult for them to remain alive. Try to compare that with our situation. Sometimes too much proximity to Krishna may be overwhelming and, and we may feel bad, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> and, and we need our air, our space, our moments of atheism and forgetfulness of the divine to be happy <laughs> in conditioned life. But for the gopis it's exactly the opposite. 
So in the previous verse, Krishna spoke in general about the Gokulastriya, the gopis, the ladies of Gokul, which can be taken to mean all ladies of Braj, of course. Gopis means gopis. Everyone, every lady is a gopi in Braj, old as well as young. But now he becomes more and more specific, and in this last verse, the commentators mention he's focusing, Krishna's focusing his attention on the Braja gopis who are most dear to him, Balabhyome Madatmika, who are my life and soul, the young gopis, especially those such as Radhika. And interestingly, in this verse, the gopis are said to exist, but not to live. Like implying, we cannot fully say they are living. They are almost dying. So they are existing. It's a way of implying they are on the verge of death. So again, he refers here to those gopis as Balavyomi Madatmika. They are my gopis, my, my wives even. The commentators have understood this idea of Balavyomi Madatmika. Krishna said, my wives, in Tattvas, we know Krishna and the gopis are in Swakya. They belong to one another. They are married in that sense, in Tattva. But in Bhava, in, in the mood of the Lila, how the Lila plays out in Rasa, it's Parakya. Parakya Bhav. No, it's, there is not Parakya Tattva. There is Parakya Bhav. And in Tattva, Swakya. They belong to one another, even though it seems they belong to someone else. It, it seems the gopis are married to someone <laughs> So this, there is no adultery here, but also there is not ritual marriage. So Jiva Goswami calls this unique relationship Paramasuya. So you can imagine at this point Uddhav is, is wondering, who are these gopis that Krishna is loving so much? And, and they love Krishna so much for what I can hear. So Krishna is trying to prepare Uddhav to the experience he will have, but nonetheless he will short circuit for sure. So the idea is here, Uda must assure the gopis, you know, like the intention of Krishna here is Uda must assure the gopis that Krishna will come back to them very soon. This should save the gopis from the grips of death because they are only sustaining their life here on this hope. He said he will return. That's the promise. It is mentioned also that only by Krishna, Sanatana Goswami explains, by Krishna's special efforts to keep the gopis alive at distance, in this particular manifestation, is that the gopis, stay, the gopis' souls stay in their bodies. It is said that the gopis are burning in the forest fire of Virahabhav, or separation, but Krishna is struggling to save them. Try to imagine how glorious love story is this. It's the love story. So the fire of separation is growing in intensity as, as much as that happens, for the gopis, becomes more and more difficult to stay alive. It's like if you are in a forest fire, the fire is increasing, it's more and more difficult to remain alive. So they are in one type of forest fire, samsara, full essence. So it is said that actually by Krishna's power, which he is provided secretly, Sanatana Goswami mentions, the gopis are surviving at all. Krishna is not wanting to admit this overtly to Uddhava at this point, it may be too much for him who does not even have witnessed that love himself. And he might even rebuke Krishna for preserving the gopis' life. You know? Because one may say, well, if Krishna allowed the gopis to leave their bodies, at least their suffering will end. But by keeping them alive, you are prolonging, intensifying their, their torment. But of course, this is not the only level of thinking about this. You know? and, and as we know, Sanatana Goswami say, there is something else for Uddhav to consider, what we mentioned before. Krishna will share the gopis' faith, fate. Sorry, 
No? In other words, Krishna needs to be saved as much as they do. Hmm? No? If the gopis die, Krishna dies. If Krishna dies, the gopis die. Both need to be saved. Hmm? <laughs> Therefore, the conclusion is, Udham should take most seriously hmm, his mission of bringing the gopis a message of renewed hope. Hmm? So some ideas I want to share today with you in regarding these first verses of this chapter 46 where Krishna is uh, delivering his message to Uda. And before finishing and before going to questions, I would like to share with you some extra verses, not from the Bhagavad, not from Gopal Shampoo, but in this case from one poem written by Rupa Goswami called Uda Sandesh, which means again, the message of Uda, where he poetically describes and expands on what we have shared now and shares in greater detail what's the content of Krishna's message to the gopis and therefore it helps us a lot to realize what's Krishna feeling for them and of course we have we in the Bhagavatam mostly we will see what they feel for him also what he feels for them but here it will be really clear in both directions so Udab Sandesh is one of different poems along with Hamsa Dutta written by Rupa Goswami as we will mention eventually the concept of Dutta Kavya, which is a type of poetry which includes a messenger and the sending of a message. So this Uddhav Sandesh is depicting this scene. Krishna sending Uddhav to Braj with a message. So I would like to show you some verses. I will mention which verses, each one, because there are a few ones of them. So I would like to, you to hear this. It's a very sensitive and special uh, way of conveying in Krishna's heart, of course, through the pen of someone like Srila Rupa Goswami, who is so close to Krishna, so close to Radha. So please, hear attentively. And with this, we will mostly close today's section session. So it says like this. Krishna is speaking to Udav here. There are surely many cities throughout the world, each of them blessed by my presence in the form of a presiding deity which can sate the minds of devotees like yourself. But, my dear friend, I swear to you again and again, and with all sincerity, that none brings as much joy to my heart as this humble cowherd village of Raj, of course. Burning up in a fever due to our being apart, even the many branched trees in this cowherd village are worn out, and will have sought the shelter of death, were it not for the copious amounts of water raining down from the eyes of its people by which they are irrigated. <laughs> so in separation from Krishna, the trees are about to die without water, by the Brajabhas are about to die, and they cry so much that they are watering the trees, and they're, somehow or other they help each other to survive in this way. Even though their own sufferings are as great as the mighty Meru, Mount Meru, the cowherd women are not pained by them as much as they are by even this, my slightest discomfort. My dearest friend, I want, therefore, that you conceal from them the unbearable pain that I feel in their absence and simply tell them of the tremendous love which binds me to them. So Krishna is imploring Uda, do not describe in detail my suffering. That will be too much for them because they only suffer for me in relation to me. They, have, they, they do not own any suffering of their own. So just emphasize my tremendous love for them. 
now he starts to depict how Uddhav should express Krishna's love for each and every inhabitant of Braj. In a gradual way, we will reach the different associates there. Give my auspicious blessings to the Vrindavan forests, filled with honey-gathering bees. Their twigs and shoots will impassion me when I saw them playing the role of decorations on the gopis' bodies. Maddened by the sweet sounds of my flute, the cows will come quickly, freeing themselves of their calves, overcome with emotion, their eyes fill with inexhaustible tears, loudly calling my names, attract them to you, and then gently ask them how they are. So we are going through different species, inert species, moving species, animals, humans. My dear companions, Sridam and others, used to bring me great joy when competed with each other to try to touch me, as I went off to look at the flowered beauty of a distant part of the wood. In my name, O expert one, affectionately embrace each one of them again and again. Once I had killed the cruel Kamsa in the wrestling arena, always Udav, I sent Nanda Maharaj back to Gokul, with much pleading and with hundreds of promises to return. Now, O oh, ocean of virtue, you should worship his feet in great humility while mentioning my name. So gradually we are going, Sakya, Vatsalya, and so Now we're, it's the turn of Jashoda. Then, in all modesty, prostrating yourself in my name with all limbs on the ground, you should worship the emaciated figure of a woman who abuses aloud the wicked king. Her finger flailing, her face shows the weariness of incessant worry. My mother Jasoda, who alone, in reality, gave me birth. So Krishna was born in Braj from the womb of Jasoda. <laughs> so when he says she's abusing the wicked king, well, we could say it refers to of course, not to Nanda so much. One could say he's criticizing Nanda for not bringing Krishna back, but mostly that will apply to Kamsa, even though he's dead already. Now, we, it's the turn of the gopis, and eventually we'll see specifically the turn of Sri Radha. So, in relation to the gopis, Krishna says to them, approach them with hands folded in respect, controlling yourself completely, for they are my dearly beloved, and they have been transformed by the physical deterioration born of their anxieties. You should behave in this way, because you are my messenger, and I have caused them pain. The faults of the master are transmitted to the servant, even if he himself is flawless. And then, after this, I'm, I'm not reading every single verse of the Udap Sandesh, you may imagine. So in between of this, Krishna is sending personal messages to each and every gopi, gradually reaching Sri Radha, like Lalita, Bishaka, Chandravali, Patma, Sabyads, and so on, and confirming the spurtis the gopis are having with Krishna. When you saw me this day, when you felt this, I was there, and so on, confirming I'm there. So after going through all these inhabitants of Raj, hmm, all different relationship friends, parents, gopis, finally he reached Sri Radha. So the re most of the remaining verses will be directed to her. So now Krishna will describe to Uddhav Sri Matirada Thakurani's condition. It says like this. She is lying, a sleeping beauty, on bedding made of soft, fresh twigs. 
You will see her there, wand and thin, protected by her circle of friends, their eyes filled with moisture. One can only guess that the breath of life is in her still remains. O oh, you who are wise in the ways of friendship, take this garland of five different colors with a locket of basanti flowers, which has been made honorable by virtue of the fragrance of my chest, to which it has clung. Without this fragrance, no one will be able to awaken that do-eyed girl who has become deeply absorbed in the penultimate state of love so near to death. So the ultimate state is death, so implying she's reaching that. When she returns to consciousness by the smell of the garland, her eyes, filled with mist, will dart in every direction without seeing. As her skin bristles with excitement in expectation of me, approach her quietly, slowly, smoothly, and gently, until you stand before her. So you see how Krishna is so gradually and delicately describing Uddhav how to approach Sirada, how delicate, how sensitive is her condition. Hmm. Holding the garland, bend forward near to the bed of shoots, and when Radha's friend signals with her eyebrows that you may speak, humbly submit to her with love in your heart that you come as a messenger from me. Then, when the time is right, O intelligent one, immediately begin to recount, word for word, the following message. So now comes, officially, the message that Krishna is sending to Radha according to Sila Rupa Goswami. So see Krishna is saying to Radha, O patient one, O Radha, he who is your guru above all others, and for whom you too are guru, he who is dearer to you than life itself, and for whom you are in the same way dear, that Krishna inflames, revives, and rekindles you, O Goddess, by offering this message of love and desire. That's an introductory section, now comes the message proper. O Radha, you with the face of the Goddess of Fortune, accepting the decision of her lover to remain far away, a pious woman remains in the land of the living, even when her heart is cleft by troubles at every step. Just look at the Madhavi creeper that lies flowerless but alive on the ground, patiently waiting the return of spring. Of course, another name for spring is Madhava, and it's the name of Krishna. Madhavi can be applied to Shirada here. When the sun of separation dries the lake of the heart, all that is left is sand. I know that your life, oh, emaciated one, like that of a fish, is cocked in your trough and ready to escape. And I, meanwhile, far away from you, drown in the ocean of desire. Unable to cross the waters of luxury and pleasure and held back by the forceful winds of my numerous kinsfolk, what can I do? So here, poetically, Krishna is depicting how he's trapped in the bureaucracy uh, and diplomacy of Mathura and cannot just run to rest. But it is not a dream that you have each night when you are united with me, O moon-faced one. Behold the unfettered joy which I relish. I now know that you possess some unknown power, magical power which attracts me, which you let loose and which draws me away 
from this entanglement with the Yadus. Oh, copper-lipped Radha, the son of Nanda, unsteady on his feet from the power of his love for you, humbly petitions you who are already so pale. Do not, under any circumstances, look at that place by Govardhan, overgrown with Madhavi creepers and flowers, which was witness to the madness of our love's highest ecstasies. You will suddenly see me, the flute playing on my lips, my body, my body smoking with forest minerals. One day, as you lie in the heaven of our dalliances, your mind swallowed by your inner distress, I will excite you from your fatigue, and we will swim in the streams and eddies of joy. On that day, tears pouring from, pouring from my eyes out of my great love for you, I will impetuously place a kiss on your pale cheek. Then, overcome by Cupid's attacks, I will place my arms around your neck and give you, my beloved companion, a joyous festival of embraces. In this way, Uddhav, no, no, the, the message is over now, Krishna returns to Uddhav and says, In this way, Uddhav, you who are known as to be far-seeing, should show the lotus-eyed gopis to the other side of the ocean of suffering with these profound messages of mine. Then, in order to continue to minister to them in ways favorable to their mental condition, <clears> O <throat> you of unmatched wisdom, you should stay in Gokul for a time. So we will see that will happen after sharing the message that will re stay, remain in Vrindavan almost for a year, 10-11 months. And the last verse I want to share says, Krishna saying to the O friend, by your voyage, by your journey to the land of the king of the cowherds, it is not my highly esteemed purpose which will be fulfilled, but barely it will be yours. When you see the ecstasy of love of the wives of the cowherds, you will immediately realize the truth of what I now tell you. So this way Krishna confirms to you that, yeah, there is a purpose of mine on the Vrajabhasis, but ultimately you will be highly benefited by this. You have something to learn here. When you see with your own eyes all the things that I'm telling you, you will have full insight, full realization of these words. So, in this way, going back to the scene, Krishna is with Uddhav and Krishna is profusely crying and sharing this message, sharing his heart in the form of this message to Uddhav. And at, at that point, some person came and, and saw Krishna crying to Uddhav profusely and Krishna only made, he wasn't able to, to speak, his throat was choked. So he made like a signal, bring me paper, paper and, and something to write. Because remember, he wanted to send this in handwritten form for the gopis. So he writes these messages and gives this to Uddha. As we will see, the Bhagavatam will present a particular message that Krishna sent to Uddha. I hear the Goswamis are reading in between the lines and the implications of that. So there are so many multi-dimensional presentations of that. So Krishna gives this message to Uddha after writing it and basically says that to Uddha. Oh, Uddha, you are... Now going to Nandagram, you are a messenger of this aparadi, of this offender, and the gopis they are suffering so much in separation from me. Hmm? So maybe they will curse you, but if you present yourself before them in a self-controlled, hmm, humble way with your hands folded, they will see that this sinless servant, you, is repentant 
for his master's actions. I am the offender, Krishna is feeling. So you are representing me, take whatever reaction is coming there, but if you present yourself in the proper way, they will see there is no fault in you, and you will be able to deliver the message. So in this way, Krishna Udab receives the Sandesh, the message, and he goes to Braj, decorated by Krishna's message. So to say that he's going in the chariot, the chariot is leaving from Mathura to Braj, and Krishna is looking the chariot leaving, the dust racing, and looking the chariot and the dust till the chariot disappears. And he looks at the chariot and that dust crying and crying in the direction of Vrindavan, remember. So someone brings Krishna back into the palace because if someone else wouldn't do that, Krishna will maybe remain looking in the direction of Braj, crying and crying and crying. So something, some added feature I want to share from the Lotus lips of Srila Rupa Goswami in the connection of which is the message and which is the intention behind Krishna sending this message to Uddhav that all of these things I think are really important for us to to be aware of if we want to understand more properly what's the Brahma Gita eventually about. So some ideas I want to share with you today and uh, I don't know we have some minutes if anyone has a question I will uh, Activate the option for you to present it. There it is. If anyone has any question, now it's the moment. <clears throat> so here there is one question uh, from Anapurna regarding <clears throat> Krishna's garland, the garland that Krishna is giving to Udav for him to bring closer to Radha with his fragrance, bring her back to life. So he's, he's asking about, okay, here we are speaking that this garland has five colors. So could you please speak about a little bit more about this? Because this represents some sort of properly ambientation for trying to create the best possible transmission or reception of the message. And again, yeah, one side Krishna is sending his garland because again, that has touched Krishna's chest. So the garland, of course, the garland in itself is called Bajayanti garland. There is a detailed description of this. We spoke more in detail about this when we, I will say, in, in, in the class of Gopi Gita, where we describe when Krishna's coming back, appearing in front of the gopis after the Gopi Gita, what it says, Pitambarad Rakshagui, Sakshan Manmatamatamata, Shagui. He was wearing a garland. So that garland is called Bhajayanti, which means supremely victorious. It's a long garland and includes five different types of flowers, we'll say. And that's why it's say five different types of colors. Of course, it's different flowers, which had their own aroma, but in touch with Krishna, Krishna's own body has its particular aroma. So by bringing that garland, by Uda bringing that garland with him, was Prashadi, as remnants of Krishna, bringing that closer to Radha, that aroma will bring her back to life. So that's that's the way Krishna knows how to bring her back. <laughs> and vice versa, Krishna also sometimes loses awareness and, con- and consciousness by being impacted by the degree of love from Sri Radha. And that's why sometimes Krishna is called Ananga, which are without bodily limbs, as Cupid is known as well, because he becomes unaware of his bodily limbs of his aware of his own self because of the impact of Radha's love so so well basically that that's the idea and of course the garland are playing a, a very crucial role in the daily dynamics of, of, of 
Radha and Krishna's lilas. Now, sometimes Krishna will send his garland to Radha, and, and she will again re re receive renewed hope, renewed strength, with the, with the idea, okay, I will find Krishna today. As part of messages, the garlands are being shared as confirming. Or sometimes Madhu Mangal will put a white garland, a different one, in, in Krishna's neck in front of the gopis, indicating with this the, garland, the white garland represents Radha and how Radha will at night garland Krishna with her embrace. So there is a lot of this uh, secret, indirect messages between those who understand the ways of love. So some ideas regarding the role of, of the garland in this case, but mostly this is the point. Radha is in such a state, and we will see that uh, in, in next, I, I will say next classes, when Uda finally arrives to Brach and finally takes first darshan of, of Sri Radha, and, and we will see in which condition she is. Mm, totally maddened, uh, and, and she requires some special contact for her to feel Krishna is here. Because again, Uddhav is, is very similar to Krishna, but when the gopis will see Uddhav, they will feel, oh, he's, is, is he Krishna? But immediately they will say, no, because we don't feel what we feel when Krishna is there. So he, I mean, it's, it's about feeling, even though he's identical externally. <laughs> there is about intuition, as we were speaking yesterday, in that sense, no? according to Anadi Bhakti Samskars, another type of intuition. So again, some ideas connected to to the garland, in this case, trying to, to revive Sri Radha first, and then after that, when the gopis says, we will see, Uda will find the gopis in such a condition that she, he will feel, I cannot give their me this message immediately, I have to wait that they become somehow more pacified, because I don't know which will be the consequence. So eventually, the gopis, and especially Sri Radha, become more pacified, and he will be able to to share that. But first, again, the garland will be there to bring them back to life. <laughs> so there are so many stages that need to be considered. It's not just send a message, no? send, send him a WhatsApp message. No, no, no. <laughs> first, you have to bring the person back to life, what to speak. So you, it's, with all this, again, try to understand, Krishna is trying to gradually introduce Uddhav, what you will find there. It's, it's not only send this message, in some cases, first you have to be bring back to life the, the receiver of the message. So that, of course, for someone who is really intelligent, that Uddhav and sensitive, he will realize, what's, the, what's this, what's going on? I mean, you have to bring that person to life. That person is suffering to such a degree in separation. of. So Krishna very expertly is gradually opened the, the dimension of, to Uddhav. What's, go, what's there in the brush? What's the degree of love that is unknown to you? And eventually, yes, he will do that. He will get closer. He will get. He, he will put the Bajjayanti garland closer. Rather, will smell that, and will come back to life. And eventually, we'll hear the message, and, and so on. So, what else? Any other question or commentary you would like to share in connection to what we share today? <clears throat> Okay, it seems we have no further questions today. So, thank you very much to all of you. And also we will close this session and all of the remaining ones by offering pranam to, especially to the Brajagopis who are the main object of, of this Kata and Sri Radha in particular and their love. We, by invoking one famous person, Uddhav himself will invoke and we will see that at one point in our series before leaving the Braj. This will be the very last verse he's offering to the feet of the Gopis. 
when he inclines his head to the dust of the feet of the gopis perpetually and glorifies their kirtan, the harikata, which has the potential to purify the three worlds. So the, this mantra says, Bandi Nanda Brajastrinam Padarenum Nabhikshnasajasam Harikatot Gitam Punati Bhuvanatriyam Srila Gurudev Ki Jai Sriman Mahaprabhu Ki Jai Sri Harinam Sankirtan Ki Jai Grantara Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai Gaur Bhaktavrinda Ki Jai Gaur Praman Hari Ho